Welcome to the Very Full Plate podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. Amy and Emily here, and we're going to do a quick intro for this episode with Samantha Siffring, where we're talking all about reclaiming your focus on your goals. So I just want to start off by saying you are not alone if you set out with some really big goals and intentions for this year, and you don't feel like you're quite in the place that you thought you were going to be at this point of the year on them. In fact, most people who set New Year's resolutions have fallen off of them by this point. And the reason we wanted to revisit this topic that we've talked about with Jacqueline Malone and Charlena Smith in the past is really because it is totally normal as a human to decide you want to do something and then have trouble actually doing it. And so today's episode is all about what can we do to kind of like future-proof ourselves from our own habits and tendencies so that we can get to the place that we actually want to be. And so that we're not at this point next year having the same goal and same idea and kind of like being in the same cycle all over again, because honestly, it's just so boring. I don't know. Is that boring to you, Emily? Yeah. And I think if you're just not someone who loves a maintenance lifestyle who just gets inspired and wants to jump into something and kind of can be more scattered and you're more creative. I think it's harder on those folks because they, Mm. they're almost like, okay, my next thing is I want to do this. And if you're a natural routine person, then it's a little bit easier to stick to it because, but I'm really, um, curious, um, to hear about what she has to say, because I myself struggle with articulating how to coach people into that when it comes to organizing Mm. their home and, you know, people lose motivation or they need accountability and I'm not always there and I'm trying to empower them. So I'm really thrilled that we have this episode to refer to for helping other people get into that who don't normally love a good routine. And I myself lose motivation on a lot of things, but I think a lot of times it's when I don't truly believe that I need the goal. So maybe Mm. comes down to, you know, you know, inside you setting goals that you actually care about, not what you think other people might care about. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I'm not going to spoil the whole episode, but I will tell you, we talk a lot about revisiting your why, because there is a very likely chance that if you have set a goal and you haven't made progress towards it, that maybe it wasn't a goal that was actually important to you. And I am a huge advocate of not doing more just for the sake of doing more or because like you feel like you should do it. I think it's so important to tap into that like deep why and then take actions towards fulfilling it if it is really important to you. And one of the things I love about this interview with Samantha is she talks about setting a goal and then like really walking back from it. And so instead of doing something like saying like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. And then when you haven't lost a hundred pounds next week and you naturally lose motivation, cause that's what humans do. Um, then like, how do you actually break things down into very small actions that feel authentic and in alignment with where you want to go without being overwhelming. I love this. I think that's such a great metaphor and such a great way to take any goal you set in life, little sprints. And I I think she's going to have a lot of value um, for our listeners. So thank you so much for going in and recording that with her. And I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in with Samantha Siffring. Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. 
Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hey there, it's me, Amy, and I am really looking forward to this conversation today with Samantha Siffring, who's here to help us explore how to reclaim our focus on our goals. So it is a known phenomenon that all of us or most of us will set goals at the beginning of the year. I know that you, dear listener, probably had some big goals on your plate. And then a couple of weeks into the new year, it's not just you who... Uh, starts to like fall off a little bit. You're not going to the gym as much. You're not cooking as many vegetables. You're not working on your business in the same way that you thought you might be. And then it's like slowly downhill from there. And I've shared this before, but I had this um, spin instructor a long time ago who said, it's like by the Super Bowl that instructors at gyms knew that almost everyone who had started a new goal for the year would have fallen off. And it's like a known phenomenon. So I say that just to say like, you are not alone in this and it's not your fault. And that is why I have Samantha on the podcast today because Samantha is a business coach who works with busy moms. And we're just going to kind of explore like, what does it look like if you have fallen away from your goals to reclaim them, to refocus, and to do all of this in a way that feels really positive and successful and um, powerful. So Samantha, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I have three kids of my own, so I totally get the busy mom thing. And oh my gosh, the habit thing. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. I have some strong opinions and hopefully it's really going to be helpful. Awesome. How old are your kids? Just so we have a picture of what your life looks like in addition to running this business of yours. Yes. So on top of my business, first I have a husband who's wonderful. We've been married for 10 years now. Well, almost 11. Oh my God. Time is going by. (laughs) Right. Um, we have a nine-year-old boy, a seven-year-old boy, and a four-year-old girl, and also a golden doodle dog and a cat. So full house of chaos over here. <laughs> yes. You're perfect for the podcast because you have a very full plate, it sounds like. so I do have a full plate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I know that so many parents who listen will really identify with all of that because whether you have three kids or one kid, probably no one listening has no kids, but you know, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, And you have like 12 horses or whatever it is that your life looks like. We all have all of these things that are like constantly pulling on our time and our energy and our attention. So let's just like start with the highest level picture, which is like, what is the number one way that you would coach someone on like focusing on the things that really matter to them? Like, how do we get down to like, what is really important in this picture of like having so many things on our plate? Yeah. So that's really good to bring up because I do think one of the reasons, not the main reason, but for sure one of the common reasons that we fall off 
away from our goals is we don't really know why we want that goal to begin with. Like a lot of us set weight loss goals and we don't actually care about losing weight. Like, yeah, it would be nice, but we're just doing it because it's like, this is what we do in January. (laughs) So I think the first thing is figuring out why did you even set this goal? Is this something you really want to do? Did you just commit to doing like CrossFit because your sister-in-law said, let's do CrossFit and you said, yes. Like, do you really want to do it? So that's kind of step one, figure out why and, and if you really want to do it and figure out the things that you actually do want to do. And I have people take a look at the areas of their life that maybe aren't all the way where they want them and start on that area first and identify just like a couple simple things that they can shift right away. Yeah, I love that so much. So in back in December, I had a conversation with Jacqueline Malone that I'll link to in the comments, but you guys are on the exact same page around just getting super clear on your why. And I would agree. I think it's so important, especially if you have not made the progress you hoped for your goal, to take a look first at your why and say, all right, I thought I got clear on my why. I set this goal. And now if I'm not actually taking action what does that mean about whether my why is strong enough? And is this even something I want cycling in the back of my head as another should on my list? Or can I just let go of it? Right? Yeah. Maybe I don't actually want to do CrossFit. Maybe it doesn't serve me in any way. Right? And so I love the idea of revisiting that. And I want to dig in more because I'm super interested in this idea of identifying one thing in your life that isn't the way that you want it. And then... Mm -hmm figuring out some simple steps. Can you give us an example of where like you or perhaps one of your clients, if you don't mind sharing, has done this and what that looks like in real practical terms? Yeah. So I just did a workshop on this actually. And I have like this um, picture that you can look at that has all these different areas of your life. And I have you rate them and then kind of imagine what's the difference between the number you rated and a 10 Mm. And I'll tell you what, for a lot of us busy moms, it's the self-care areas that struggle the most. So like one of the pillars in that is all about your personal life and self-care is a piece of that. And now it's just like this buzzword and I feel like it's losing meaning, but how you care for yourself is so important. And I think most of us have New Year's resolutions around that area, whether it's eating better, moving your body, getting more sleep, like waxing your eyebrows on a regular schedule, whatever it may be. And I think, you know, with that one in particular, those are all really good examples of some easy shifts. Like for me, the eyebrow waxing, like just schedule it in advance. That's an easy way to make sure it happens. If you want to drink more water, like get a giant cup. Like I am holding up here. You She's know? a very large mason jar. She's holding up. It's cute too. So that it's makes like it the maximum size that you can get. And then I just know, like I want to fill that four times in the day, and that's like the bare minimum. I live in Colorado. It's super dry. So it's like a battle against the dryness to stay hydrated. Yes. So I think that those are some really good, like just small things. It's not like I'm going to lose a hundred pounds by cutting out every food that I love. Like, no, that's not sustainable. You don't want to do that. Right. You like the idea of losing weight, but you don't want to cut out every food you love. So what are the tiny shifts you can make? 
Right. I feel like that's so important. And you have so many good tidbits in there I want to draw out. The first one is identifying like where what you want is different from what you currently are doing. And that's actually an exercise that I have folks do when they join my Clean Plates Happy Parents membership is to say, how would you rate your like family's level of healthful eating now? And how would you rate it ideally? And what's the gap? And I think there's also a really important piece there, which is to say, you don't necessarily, and I don't take for granted, in fact, for my family, I wouldn't put us at a 10 on the scale of healthy eating, like perfect all the time, never have goldfish, any of those things. That's not even my aspiration. And so being really honest with yourself and saying like, maybe I don't want to be an Instagram fitness model. Like maybe that is not important to me. It doesn't fit with my life. And I don't need to go to the CrossFit games this year. Um, And just being honest about that, the gap might actually be smaller than you expect too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just want to move 30 minutes a day and I would feel a lot better in my body. And then I could devote the energy that I get from doing that type of work and also the energy I get from freeing up that brain space and guilt that I have about not doing it currently to do like a lot more important things, things that feel more important to me. Yeah. Things you actually want to do. So I think that what you said is like such a common thing. And it's obviously an extreme example where people are like, I want to lose a hundred pounds. And so I can't ever eat anything I love again. And the reality is they actually, they might want the action of losing a hundred pounds or they might think they do, but the work to get there isn't in line with what they want their life to actually look like. So how do you recommend breaking down goals into small bite-sized pieces so that it can be as simple as saying like, I'm going to drink a little bit more water. I'm going to schedule a monthly eyebrow waxing. Because I think as humans, we're like really good at setting these big, huge goals, but not so good at breaking it into small pieces and saying, here's what I need to do today to get one step closer, even if it doesn't feel all that close. Yeah. So I have this coaching tool that I use and the people who are listening can't see it, but you can see it. It's on the whiteboard behind me. And there's a lot of pieces to it. But the one that really ties to your question is the fact that we look at the result that you want to create in your life, whatever that might be, and then really move backwards. What are all the action steps that you need to take to get there? And in that process, you can get really detailed. When I do this for somebody's business, when we walk through this, we come up with their entire business action plan just on my whiteboard being like, what's the result you want to create? What are the actions to get there? People know how to hit their goals. We don't have an information problem. There's Mm. never been more information freely available to humans ever in our history as it is right now. So it's not the lack of information. It's actually taking the time to break it down and then working on your mind to actually follow through on it. So pick that result. Ask yourself, what are all the action steps I need to take? And you can look on that list and each day, maybe even ask yourself, like, what's the thing that's going to make the biggest difference on this list? Like, what's really going to either make all the other things unnecessary or achieve those goals also in the process? Like, usually there's a couple things that stand out as, like, yes, that's something I can commit to every day, or that's really going to take me far if I can master that one thing. 
Yeah. I love that so much. I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called The Blue Zone Solution, and I'll link to it in our show notes at averyfullplate.com slash 44 for this episode. But one of the cool things about this is it's all about um, what can we learn from the world's longest lived peoples and how can we incorporate that into our lives? And the major thesis beyond like what do these longest lived peoples do is that the reason we are all so bad at making like progress on health goals is because in these societies that live the longest, they actually very rarely think like, how am I going to live the longest? Instead, all of the structures are in place in their society to make them live the longest. Everything from they naturally are eating like sourdough breads and fermented foods. They don't eat a lot of like meat-based products. They're more naturally plant-based. A lot of them drink wine, but they drink a really low alcohol wine in moderation. And the other common thing is that physical movement is part of their daily lives. So gyms don't exist. They're not like in Okinawa, they are not going to the gym. It's just that part of living life there involves like gardening and growing things and making movement. And so the Blue Zone solution is heavily focused on like, how can we go into cities and like create these solutions? But I think that there's a lesson there for even us in our own lives, which is like, what if I consistently parked farther away from where I needed to go? I know that's like a standard thing people talk about, but how many of us are actually doing it, right? Where we're just getting more walking in our life, even if we're not walking up hills, herding sheep all the time, mm-hmm. right? Or like, what if I just had a glass of water next to my desk so it made it easier to drink water all throughout the day and sort of like setting up these systems. And I keep hearing this quote and I just feel like there's so much here around goal setting for the new year, whether it be wellness related or business related or um, parenting related, whatever it looks like, is like, it's not easy, but it is simple. Like the actions, laying them out, like you said, is actually quite simple. And the idea of how we can make it easier is up to us to like be really honest about doing that, right? It's like, don't make it complicated. Yeah. I tell my clients that everything in their business comes down to either math or mind drama. (laughs) And and I make everything really simple. Like, how are we going to grow your business the simplest way? Yes. Where you can not spend 12-hour days hustling for it, but you can be really intentional to go far. And I think it's the same with health stuff that it really is simple. Like The math of being healthy is very simple. And the drama we create about how hard it is and how we're so bad if we don't do it or how we can't have cake at a birthday, you know, like all of this Mm -hmm. stuff that we create that makes us miserable, it's unnecessary. Yes. Isn't that, I feel so humbled by that idea every time I think about it. And honestly, I'm pretty good at it in sort of, I've nailed it in my health life. Like I have figured out the things, which is like, if I eat more vegetables and I move my body most days of the week, and I drink water and I take my supplements that make me feel good, then like I'm good. But I'm so guilty of it on the business side. And so I know that like for some people, it might be the reverse, right? I think we all have sweet spots of things that really work well for us or things that we're really good at. And in some ways, just knowing that all of us are um, struggling to make it 
easy in some way is kind of freeing to know like you're not alone and it is figure outable. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love how Marie Forleo says everything is figure outable because it really is. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And it's like, sometimes I think we let the feeling that we'll never figure it out or we can't, can't do it, which I'm giving in quotation marks, be an excuse for doing the work or like for keeping us where we have been or where we feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think that that's like something to really explore for those folks who are feeling stopped on their goal for this year. And we can kind of transition into talking about like what to do now. Um, for people that are feeling stopped on their goal is being really honest with yourself. Like, where are you using that as a crutch where like, oh, I don't know what healthy eating looks like, or, oh, I don't know what I like to do for exercise. Where are you letting that stop you from just taking action to find out? Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I always think of the invention of the light bulb and how if you try and fail enough times, there's only so many times you can fail before you finally like accidentally hit the mark, you know? And <laughs> that's how I feel like in business, your example of like, I don't know what exercise I like, like try every exercise out there. Like eventually you'll find one that you're like, oh, this is actually fun and enjoyable for me. Yes, it's so true. I don't remember, I can't give credit where credit is due for this one, but I was listening to a podcast and someone was saying that they had like a failure list. And so instead of tracking their success against goals, like losing a hundred pounds, they made it a goal to fail a certain number of times per week. And I have loved that idea for the things that we feel really stopped by of like, oh, I don't know what to do next to kind of flip things on their head and say, I'm not going to um, this week weigh myself and see how much I lost and then judge myself if I didn't lose the amount that I meant to lose or like some arbitrary goal that I decided upon, which came out of nowhere anyways, by the way. (laughs) But instead to say like, I am going to aim to find five types of exercise I hate this week. Because you know what? The only way to find out that you hated five types of exercise is to do five types of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. My coach does this. She, for this year, gave me the homework of planning 25 failures every quarter. Every quarter. Wow. I was like, I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like... I don't fail. I don't want to (laughs) fail. Right. So it really has forced me, like you said, to flip it around. And now it's like, well, shoot, some of these fails are not failing. Like I'm not succeeding in my failing. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It is funny. Yeah. But it pushes you to be okay. Like, I think this might be the next right thing for me, but if it doesn't work, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think that like, when I look at a lot of people's stopping point for their goals, it's often that they've like made it too big in either goal or in meaning, right? Like that if it's not that if I don't lose um, 25 pounds, I'm not healthy. It's that if I don't lose 25 pounds, I'm a failure, right? Like I am lazy. I am whatever these things that we like attach meaning to. And, um, 
some of the work that I have done that I do with my clients and that I do myself in my business is just like detaching from those goals is saying like, I can have a big goal and that can be in the back of my head, but my daily actions are the most important thing I can do to reach that goal, not to obsess over the goal itself that feels so big and so far away. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's really the most important realization to make in all of this. I hear a lot of people talking about like, I fell off the wagon or whatever, and there really isn't a wagon. It's just the way that your brain works. Our brains are so efficient. They're amazing. They are perfectly wired for survival for us. And that means default thinking. That means like running on autopilot. That means staying in the comfort zone. And when you realize that's what we're wired to do, you understand why motivation to change behaviors doesn't last. You understand why excitement about something new doesn't last. Because unless you're intentionally thinking those new thoughts all the time, your brain's going to shift back to the default mode and start creating the results you've already created in your life. So it's not like you fell off a wagon and like weight loss has passed you by or healthy eating has passed you by or whatever. It's really that you have shifted back to your old way of thinking. And in that moment that you realize that instead of judging yourself, you can be like, oh, I'm a human. That's why that happened. And shift back to that new thought that you want to have. I love that so much. And I often talk about like, there is no wagon when it comes to healthy eating. And I love the idea that there's no wagon when it actually comes to anything in life. Because if you treat it as if when you fall off, then there's nothing to be done to like move you in the direction that you were headed. That's when um, one piece of cake becomes like, cake and cookies and your kids' Halloween candy and all of the things because you're thinking like, oh no, I already messed up. I might as well mess up a whole lot more, right? Yeah. And so there is someone listening today who needs to hear that you haven't fallen off a wagon, that you haven't lost your direction. And if nothing else, getting to this point of the year and not getting where you wanted to with your goal or where you thought you were going to go can be instructive in telling you what not to do tomorrow right? Mm -hmm. Or what not to do in this next minute. Yeah. Yeah. At the next meal or whatever. I was just talking to a client about this because she said, fall off the wagon. And I was like, nope, there's no wagon. (laughs) And I was like, you don't have to like walk back to town and catch the next wagon. (laughs) You can just make the mental shift now. And I think it's true whether we're talking about business building momentum or healthy habits momentum. Of course, consistent action is going to have compound results. But just because you had cake or just because you didn't post on Facebook that day or whatever it may be, doesn't mean that the next time you can't restart that habit. And then it's just like a blip on the radar instead of this like massive derailment. Yes. So much yes to that because also like something that I talked about in with Shelly Longenecker in my interview, I'm trying to remember which number it was. We were talking about healthy eating on a budget and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, one of the things she said it was she was talking about like high impact, low effort activities. And I think you're exactly right with like business or with healthy habits or with feeding your family, right? Like 
if we could identify the one biggest high impact, low effort activity that would point us in the right direction, create that as a habit by doing it day after day after day. This is like the unsexy work of... (laughs) It's not sexy. It's not what we want it to be. (laughs) Like no one has a magical solution for you. If you are looking for that person, they're inside of you because the magical solution is to like put on your workout clothes, put on your shoes and go to the gym. Um, And I posted an Instagram story the other day doing push-ups, and I was like, there's nothing um, sexy or pretty to say about these push-ups that I'm doing because I was like, going the lowest I've ever gone, except that I have been working on this for days and weeks and months and years to get to the point that I'm doing this. And the truth is, is that the best time to start was 10 years ago, right? And the next best time to start is right now in this minute. So forget what didn't work before or what you didn't do that was on your list. Simplify, figure out the highest impact, lowest effort activity you can and nail it. That's like yeah. the next step, right? Yeah. I love it. And I think, you know, letting go of like the 10 year or what didn't happen before is so important because a lot of us are tempted to use that as a weapon against ourselves mm. to keep us from getting into action. And then we're just delaying it even more. So I think like, forgive yourself, move on. It's totally fine. Make the change now. Yes. And imperfect action always trumps perfect inaction, right? The sitting and the planning and the thinking, like we are not learning anything about the way to be healthy or live our best lives by like thinking about it and theorizing or even reading all the books, right? Like I think that there's a lot of value to like reading and learning from other people that have come before, but you don't learn the exact right thing for you by reading and listening even to podcasts, right? Like Mm -hmm. you now, your job, dear listener, is to like go out and do the thing. And I would love to hear what the thing is. In fact, like I'm going to ask you guys to go to our Facebook page. It's at Real Food Talk with Real Parents. And tell me like, what's your one next high impact, low effort action that you're going to take? And I'll hold you accountable just by lovingly checking in with you. Because I think sometimes it's enough to know that like people are watching and care to just keep putting one foot in front of the other day after day after day. I love it. I'm going to be checking the Facebook now too. (laughs) I'm like, I want to see what they're doing. (laughs) I love that. Samantha, do you have anything we can check in with you on? We'll just like get vulnerable here and we can share our things that um, (laughs) we're working on to help inspire other people to be open to sharing. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it's for sure healthy habits. 2018 was the year of massive business growth for me. And I didn't put a focus at all on my health. So I'm a little fluffier than my norm, which I'm also working on not beating myself up about and like really loving the body I have right now. Um, But I'm trying to take care of that body better. So drinking water like I showed you. And like you said, just working more on how can I eat more vegetables? How can I get more sleep? How can I move my body in a way that I enjoy? And kind of letting it be those things and not the weigh-ins and not you know in the gym five days a week or whatever it is. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're like setting your sights low because I can guarantee that you are going to be further along than someone who like sets their sight really high and then feels like it's an impossible task to get towards, right? Like this time next year, it will have been a lot easier and more effortless and also sustainable to stick with those things than the person who was like, I'm going to do a bikini competition. And by the way, I follow a lot of these folks on Instagram because I'm just like amazed by them. But a lot of even those people, even if they accomplish that goal, living real life where you're not like counting and weighing and um, working out all the time becomes really challenging. And so even in the long term, in the short term, even if they get like more measurable results, then in the long term, they don't necessarily have sustainable results. So like five years from now, you is going to be better off than the person who like goes all in, even if they accomplish it and then doesn't know what to do when real world hits. Yeah. I used to be that all in person. And that's why this year, it's like, I'm just going to make a healthier lifestyle for myself. Like those people that are the living longest people. Like, How do I just build some things into my lifestyle that over time will get me the results I want? Yes. I love that so much. So I will tell you that my goal this year, I have shared here before, my word for 2019 is impact. And so this is my year of business building. I've had like a lot of personal stuff going on and I feel like I have taken care of a lot of it and I have done the work over the past 10 years to like build my healthy habits. So I like have my gym habit and I have my vegetable habit and I'm like doing my meal prep and all those things. So this year, as I look at like, what do I want to add to my life to add more meaning? Um, Having a bigger impact is a big part of that. Obviously showing up on a weekly basis on this podcast is one of the ways that I do that. But I'm really trying to expand out and share more of like, what does it look like to incorporate healthy habits into your life from someone who does it all the time? and has done it for a long time. And so that looks like showing up more on Instagram stories and sharing like kind of the imperfect messy parts of making it happen. Um, It involves like sharing more freely that I have a membership that people can buy if they want to get weekly meal plans for their family to support them in having to make less decisions about feeding their family well, and also like making time for doing other things that are important to them. And that's something I'm not great at yet. So that that is something I'm working on. And I'm just taking like really small bite-sized steps toward that, showing up day after day in sort of like a messy, imperfect way. And one of the things that works really well for me is to just like have a checklist of things. Like, did I post once on Facebook? Did I do an Instagram story? Did I share a recipe this week? And I think that that can apply to so many things in our lives where we're trying to make habit change is just to like have a short but effective list of things you're going to do and check it off either physically or my husband loves the, um, it's an app called Streaks mm-hmm. that you can pay like $4.99 for and you can set up habits for yourself like meditate or um, drink eight glasses of water or whatever. And you can actually like check things off in the app as a way of keeping yourself accountable instead of just saying like, I'm going to reach this big goal. It's like, these are the things I do every day that eventually will add up to this big goal. Yeah. Love it. Maybe there's some useful tidbits in there for people who are feeling stuck that they can take, which is like figure out the actionable steps find a tool that works for you. Mine's a written planner because I'm kind of old school like that or an app like Streaks or I'm sure there's like a million other ways that people can track things and then start taking the action today if you're feeling stuck. Figure out one thing you can do today and do it. 
Perfect. I love it. I hope everyone's feeling re-motivated, but also knows motivation is going to flake out on them and they need to just be committed. I feel like that's such an important piece of the puzzle is like, if you are relying on motivation, stop right now, (laughs) figure out like real actions to take because motivation does fizzle. It Science tells us that, right? That we are like not great at being motivated in the long term. Or I often see it as like people's motivations change. And so it becomes like this squirrel effect where you never accomplish something because it's like once you're motivated on this and then you switch to that. And it's like with dividing our efforts so much, it can be really hard to get anywhere um, near where you want to end up. Yeah. I think that's something really valuable about working with a coach, no matter what the goal is, Mm. that they help you stay focused on that original thing and have you not be squirrely all over. Isn't that so true? And that's actually, I spoke with um, Charlena from Optio, which is a tool that sets up accountability partners in episode, I don't remember the episode, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, And she had just like so many great tidbits about how we can also set up our own accountability partnerships to say like, I want someone to hold me accountable. I want you to check in that I have drank eight glasses of water a day, or I want you to check in that I have shown up on Instagram stories every day this week and that there's an art to finding the right person who can hold you accountable in sort of a lovely, loving, encouraging, but also a little bit hard way. Like they're not going to let it slide. Yeah. (laughs) So if folks want to revisit that accountability partnership or you want to think about getting a coach, um, we have some resources for that in past episodes of the podcast. So um, Samantha, I know that you yourself are a coach and it sounds like you have some really awesome tools that of course apply to women who are building businesses, which I know is some of our audience, but maybe there's some tools that just are helpful to people as they think about their goals and breaking things down into bite-sized actions. Um, would you mind sharing with us where we can find you and learn more about the work that you do to help hold people accountable to the big goals they have? Yeah. So my website is just my name. It's samanthasiffring.com. I also have a Facebook group called Online Business Building Mamas. And that is a great place to find me. I'm in there every day, checking in with people. I love to build relationships with the people who are in there. So if you like what you heard today, come find me. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to come check it out because I want to see more about this system that you have behind me, about behind you, I'm sorry, (laughs) about results and actions and all those kinds of things. I think it is like so easy to get overwhelmed with the big goals we have for our lives, for this year, um, for our kids, for our families, for all of these things in general. And I'm so appreciative to you for coming on today and talking to us a little bit more about breaking things down into bite-sized actions and finding those high-impact, lower-effort activities that can really move us in that direction effectively. And the cool thing about momentum is that it builds and builds and builds, right? So by focusing on one small thing, getting yourself some momentum in a positive direction, perhaps reversing that momentum that you feel like you might have so far this year, um, getting it in the direction you want to go and letting that build, big things happen. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun and hopefully really helpful. And thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. So you guys can check out the show notes. You can find the links to Samantha and her awesome business building group at www.averyfullplate.com slash 44. Thank you guys for listening. 